Hey guys, real quick before we get into the episode, if you're a struggling jujitsu student that is really looking for some more help and guidance and trying to figure out what you should be training and the next steps in your jujitsu journey, I have an online program called the Jujitsu Blueprint for Lifelong Development because ultimately jujitsu is a lifelong process you have interest in or want more information on. Make sure you hit me up at jasonhill.com. And I do an interview to make sure that you're a good fit, make sure the program would actually benefit you so that way your time's not wasted and neither is mine. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast and we'll get on to the episode. This guy's name is John Danaher. He's one of the greatest jiu-jitsu minds that's ever lived. He has very famous jiu-jitsu students like Gordon Ryan, Gary Tonin. He's also coached a handful of very successful MMA students like George St. Pierre. So anytime this guy opens up his mouth and offers free jiu-jitsu advice, I would highly take advantage of it and start making a note of it. In a very recent sit-down he did on Lex Friedman's podcast, he broke down and gave some great gold nuggets for jiu-jitsu students who aren't full-time competitors that can maybe only train one to two days a week and how you can actually start getting better at jiu-jitsu sooner rather than later. So in today's video, we're going to break down some of the things that he said and expand on them so that way you guys can start implementing them into your own training right now. How's it going, everybody? My name is Chasen Hill. I'm a jiu-jitsu black belt. I've been teaching and training jiu-jitsu now for close to 13 plus years. So if you guys like all things jiu-jitsu, this is probably a pretty good channel for you guys to check out. Thank you to all the new jiu-jitsu fans and subscribers that have recently joined this channel. If you are one of these fans but have not yet subscribed, make sure you do that right now. Also, make sure you give this video a like it does help me get seen in the youtube algorithm so i know majority of you that are watching are not subscribed so i'm going to guilt you into subscribing so make sure you do that before we continue any further so recently john danaher was on lex friedman's podcast and you guys can check out the full podcast right here i think it's close to five hours long so it's a little thick to get into but man it was one of the best podcasts especially if you're a jujitsu nerd that i have heard in a long time they break down a lot of the most recent adcc competitions and and they get into a lot of other crazy talk like Gordon Ryan fighting a chimpanzee. But one of the main things that I want to focus on from that podcast was his advice that he gave on getting better at jujitsu, especially if you're not a world champion competitor and how you can actually start feeling like you're improving sooner rather than later. So the first point that he makes is he says, the less time that you have with jujitsu, the more efficient you need to make it. So what does that mean? Well, if you're only being able to train one to two days a week, so you're not training six to seven days a week, that's the less time, the more efficient you need to be. The reality is, is that as jujitsu is growing as a whole, especially in the sport of world, more and more students are becoming more full-time, which means that they're training five to seven days a week. They're training two to three times a day. So if you're not able to keep up with that pace, how do you actually get better at jujitsu? Well, you have to make it efficient. Now, obviously, there's only so much efficiency you can do versus a full-time competitor. They're obviously going to be able to excel and get better at jujitsu faster just because of the pure mat time that they're spending and the pure volume that they're able to spend in the gym. You still need to find a way to make your jujitsu as efficient as possible. And he goes to the point off by saying that most students, when they show up to the gym, they just listen to what their instructor says. They have zero plan and then they roll around during sparring time and they don't really get anything accomplished. If you go in to saying, I'm going to roll around and see what happens, or I'll just follow what the instructor says, you'll get a certain amount out of each class, but it will never be what it 
could have been. I call that throwing spaghetti at the wall method where you're just trying random things and hopefully it works. And there's not much of a plan or there's not much of a thought process to what you're doing in training. So the first thing he recommends is we need to find a way to maximize each training session. Point number two is he says the less time that you have to spend on the mat, the more the responsibility is on you to start taking ownership and being responsible for your own training. I've never felt so validated in my life whenever he said this. If you've been watching this channel for any amount of time, you guys know how big of a fan I am about purposeful training and figuring out a training plan and training wisely and smartly. And so whenever he said this, it just like the heaven's gate opened up because I've been screaming about this for like two years now. I've literally produced this whole channel around this idea because the reason for that is, is that if you're only training for one to two days a week, you being responsible for your own training is really the only way you're going to be able to see true gains for jujitsu. Most students want to allow their instructor to hold their hand and they're waiting for their instructor to tell them the next thing to do. That becomes very difficult if you're only training one to two days a week because in reality, they're not seeing you enough to really give you basic recommendations. So you need to start taking ownership, showing up to the gym with some kind of idea. The less training time you've got, the more the onus is on you to have a plan before you walk in the door. So the next point he breaks down is to kind of get you started. How do you determine what you should be training and why that is? He says you need to do an honest assessment of yourself, which I absolutely agree. If any of you guys have been in my coaching program or I've talked to you or chatted with you, you will know that one of the biggest things that I preach and talk about is finding what I call your your losses or your biggest needs. And you need to start identifying what those are. So you have to do a true assessment of yourself. And then he goes on to saying that once you've done that assessment, you need to hone in on the things that you most need to work on. He does encourage you to use video training. So to record yourself while rolling. So that way you can have a true perspective of what it looks like. This is one thing that I always tell students all the time is they don't realize either the mistakes that they're making in the heat of the battle or they just missed it all together completely. When you're able to record yourself rolling, you can go back and watch and you're making mistakes that just flew right over your head. You can pick up and see what your training partner is possibly doing to you too to gain valuable ideas. So watching yourself roll by recording is a super great place to start, but he recommends doing that as an initial assessment to see possibly where you need to be focused on your training. The next topic as he talks about is really out of that assessment that you do, focus on your weaknesses. He uses the example of triangles. Maybe he realizes from the video that you missed a bunch of triangles, but use that video evidence as a way to justify what you need to be training. And start to say, okay, many of the weaknesses in your game are made much more apparent by looking from the outside in. Identify four or five of the biggest weaknesses that you see and start actively attacking those weaknesses. You're always going to improve whenever you're working on the things that you're not good at. I call that the suck system. So whenever you're training a suck system, train the suck, that means you're focusing on the things that you're not good at. I'm a big fan of setting people up to train jujitsu for life. So basically, how do you develop a training plan or a training system that's always going to make you improving? That's always training your weaknesses. If you're always working on your weaknesses, you have nowhere else 
to go but up. Now, I know what most of you are saying. Well, Chase, I want to train my strengths and I want to get better at arm locks. I want to get better at the things I already know. You can do that, but that shouldn't be the primary focus of your training plan. I have a whole video talking about if you guys are really enjoying this podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it if you left me some reviews, maybe some five stars, whether you're listening to this on Audible, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you guys leave this five stars, leave some nice words. Also share it with a friend. You know, I don't charge anything for these podcasts and my goal is just to grow it and help the jiu-jitsu community. So thank you guys for supporting and I'll see you guys later. About it right here, talking about the difference between a short-term and a long-term training plan that goes into great detail about how you can do both of them. But training your weaknesses is never a bad thing. Most students just have no idea a realistic thought process about what their weaknesses are and which ones they should start focusing on first. The next thing he talks about is the idea of when you're going on the weaknesses, maybe find someone who is very good at that style of technique. So for using the triangles, for example, and try to maybe model what you're doing after them. I agree with this. Um, to an extent, obviously there's a difference between body sizes and body types. So if you're a small person and you see a very large individual do certain techniques, you may not be able to mirror them perfectly because mass does matter. But what he's basically saying is try to follow the trends that are already working. If you can find someone who is your skill set and your size and does the techniques that maybe you're wanting to mirror, that's a very good place to get you going in the right direction if you're wanting to add techniques to your game. You can steal their setups. You can steal the way that they maybe they just generally roll. There's a lot of things that you can kind of mirror that is very helpful from that realm. The next thing you must do is you must actively work on whatever your plan is. This is a giant thing that I see from most jiu-jitsu students. They get with me, I go through their coaching program, um, they tell me what they're gonna start working on, everything sounds great, and then when I follow up with them and I ask them, hey, how did that plan go? They're like, ah, I didn't even get a chance to do it. You being able to enact your training plan is very, very crucial. If you guys haven't already, I have a whole video right here talking about how to actually enact a training plan, how to use your training partners, how to think about um, different ways to build a training plan and how you can strategically do this in the gym so it's successful. One of the biggest things that I get is students kind of sit down and they build a training plan, they write one on paper, but then they have no way of actually knowing how to execute it in the gym. It gets easier as you get more skilled, but the reality is majority of the people that are watching this channel and the majority of people that are struggling are going to be white and blue belts. If you're a late purple, brown, or black belt, you're not struggling. You've already kind of figured out training. Now, can you get better? Absolutely. But usually the people that are kind of on that fringe of quitting are going to be the white and blue belt. So if you guys need help on knowing how to train with different training partners, check out this video right here and it will really help. And the last thing that he kind of brings up a point about is that the most powerful thing that you can do in jiu-jitsu is self-discovery. And you can do this in multiple ways. You can do it from videotaping. You can do it by writing out some audits of your own jiu-jitsu. I have a whole video talking about that right here on some strategies on how to do that. Whenever you can become self-discovering about your own jiu-jitsu, the impact and the value that you bring to you yourself is 10 times higher. Stop waiting for your jiu-jitsu coach to tell you everything to do. It's not nearly as powerful by making a discovery because a coach told you and you're just kind of following along versus you discovering it for yourself or becoming curious and then asking a question and then having a coach 
fill in the gaps. Maybe you don't know how to do that. The most powerful moments you will have on the mat come from making discoveries for yourself, not being told what to do, not observing someone else doing something, but self-discoveries. But whenever you can do so much self-discovery about what you need, the information becomes way more stickier and the value becomes much higher. This is something that's very hard for students to wrap their brain around because they just want to be led. They want to be coached. They want to be told what to do because jujitsu is already hard enough. But the reality is the m people that do the best in jujitsu are the ones that can start taking their own ownership and deep diving into their own self-discovery. Now, this podcast was over five hours and there was a lot of information that John Danaher gave and even Lex Friedman gave a lot of great advice. So I would highly recommend that you guys check out the full video right here. But just understand that whenever a guy of this caliber starts giving advice, I'd highly recommend that you listen and take this advice. So if you're ready to start accelerating your jujitsu, make sure you check out my free acceleration guide that's down in the bottom that will kind of get you guys pointed in the right direction. Also, if you're really ready to start taking action and implementing these exact things that one of the greatest jiu-jitsu coaches ever said, I do work with people online. I basically have a coaching program where I will guide you through all of these steps. I will help you figure out what you need to be training. I will help you figure out ways to enact smart training plans and we'll work together side by side. So that way you could start improving your jiu-jitsu right now. Stop wasting time, stop wasting your money, and actually start getting better at jujitsu quicker. So if you're wanting to do that, fill out your application down below and we can get you started. So that's it for this video. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast. In case you guys didn't know, I'm really trying to work on growing my social media presence, either on Instagram and on Twitter. So make sure you guys give me a follow over there of at Jason Hill is both handles. It's also in the show description. It's a quick way to link over. This is the best way to also ask me about questions or topics you would like future podcasts on. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you check out the YouTube channel. It has a lot of these topics just in video format. It's just another medium for you guys to check it out. And so that is a good way to also get some jujitsu help. So thank you guys again, and I'll see you guys later.